Finally, just like OPEC trillionaires have to worry about all the little people who buy their oil and gas and are the reason the energy economy exists, after all, billionaires have to worry about the little people as well. As the rich get richer, they also get more dependent on the not-so-rich for markets, investments, precious stability. Nick Hanauer has been very smart and lucky in his choice of investments in the tech economy. And what he worries most about is how the lopsided scoreboard in the world economy may be ruining the whole game. Income inequality, he says, how it concentrates wealth at the top. How many Ferraris and Teslas can you buy, right? And depletes the disposable income of those at the other end. Nothing good here, Nick says. The buying power of the middle class goes down along with demand. That's recession. Their pain goes up, and that's political instability. I spoke with Nick Hanauer when I was in Seattle at KUOW last month, and he even suggested that the growth of rogue groups like ISIS may be evidence of an old phenomenon when the poor and the working class bring out the pitchforks to take down the rich. Karl Marx talked about it back in the 19th century. John Maynard Keynes talked about it in the 20th. 21st century Hanauer says only capitalism is going to get us out of this mess. I reject both Marx and Keynes. They're both completely wrong in my opinion, because they both conceptualized the economy in a 19th century way as this closed linear system where if one thing goes up, another thing goes down. The reason that capitalism is the unmatched social technology in the history of the world for creating prosperity is that it's an evolutionary system for finding solutions to new human problems, that prosperity in human society really is the sum of the solutions that we find to make people's lives better and the, and the genius of capitalism is it rewards people for solving other people's problems. Keynes is not the answer, nor is Marx. We have to go beyond those 19th century thinkers to a, to a way of thinking about it that's, that's, that's 21st century. And so I, I just come back to the, this idea of inclusion. We don't include people uh, to give them a lottery ticket. We include them because the more innovators you have in your society, the more people you enfranchise as people who can innovate, the faster the rate of innovation goes. And the more people we enfranchise as robust consumers by, for instance, raising the minimum wage, having fair labor standards, et cetera, et cetera, the more robust the demand is for that innovation. And prosperity in our technological capitalist society is a consequence of the feedback loop. What is the point of, of change then? What, what is it that, that you wonder about when you look at income inequality and say to yourself, why aren't some of these people more angry? Well, I mean, you know, like most people aren't economists. And what, and what, what people have been told for a generation is that rising inequality is a sign of prosperity. It's how we know things are getting better, right? So if you accept the idea that somebody like me, a capitalist like me, is a, is a, a rich people are job creators, then you also have to believe that uh, the richer I get, the more jobs I create and the better it will be for you. And uh, it, it is simply not true. It's, it's just, it's a lie. The truth is that prosperity in capitalist economies does not trickle down from the top. It is built from the middle out. That, that a thriving middle class isn't the consequence of prosperity and growth. It's not an effect. A thriving middle class is the cause of prosperity and growth. And once you see it that way, then all of the policies that we have in place instantly are revealed to be either upside down or backwards, right? 
ba- I mean, basically, the message is tax cuts for people not, like Nick Hanauer create growth, and investments in the middle class balloon our debt and will bankrupt our great country. And this is the oldest argument that rich people have told poor people, you know, in history, mm-hmm. right? For, a, mm-hmm. for, for as long as humans have had civilizations, uh, rich people have told poor people that our respective positions are righteous and just. I matter, you don't. Right. That's that is what trickle down economics is, is a way of instantiating this idea mm-hmm. that a few of mm-hmm. us matter mm-hmm. and the rest of you don't. Uh, OK. And in, in a democracy, you have to get people to believe that. Otherwise, they will take you know, they'll take your stuff away. So two things before we go. Um, yeah. One, the growth of wealth was was rapid. And the result of uh, technological yeah. changes that created yep. uh, a velocity that is, is extraordinary and is if accelerating do, and is accelerating. If there is a turnaround and a political backlash, a pendulum swinging, will it swing in the other direction at a similarly unprecedented velocity? Well, if past is prologue, the answer to that is yes. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. (laughs) Right. Like at some point, most people get so angry that they, you know, react strongly and violently and often not constructively. And, you know, like what would be ideal is to moderate the amount of economic inequality our our economy is creating and thus head off some sort of very unfortunate circumstance where people get so pissed that they start burning stuff down. But America went through uh, – America almost destroyed itself two or three times trying to address this problem. In the beginning, taxing – you know, whiskey distillers right after the revolution to try to get income inequality and to make the government more secure and prosperous. Uh, That produced a revolution right after the 1776 Revolutionary War. And the U.S. Civil War, which some could argue, was a way of addressing inequality. Sure. Almost was, was actually the thing that brought about the pitchforks. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, you know, look... The thing about slavery is is that it is a full employment uh, economic strategy, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you want full employment, slavery works quite well. And uh, a $2.13 tipped federal, federal tipped minimum is about as close to slavery as a, as a society can get. Um, and I would argue that that just it's just stupid and 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 uh, self defeating. Well, it's, it's explosive. It's explosive. Yeah, and that's that's just, your argument about yeah, about the contemporary stupid. times. Stupid. Yeah. All right. And, so before we before we go, yeah. Um, if at some point in the future, um, someone like me or someone not like me who is um, much worse off um, gets angry enough to pick up a pitchfork and finds themselves in a dark corner with you, mm-hmm. uh, with the pitchfork like aimed straight at your neck, is your reaction to them going to be, "Well, finally you found me," or will it be? Something has failed. Is it me that's failed? Is it you that's failed? Who's failed if that moment happens? Not me. No one in our society has a bigger stake in its future than the people like me who have benefited asymmetrically from it. I, I find it unconscionable that more people of wealth and means are not out in front of this issue. You know, nobody has a stake in the American middle class like a capitalist like me. Um, you know, rising inequality isn't just making poor people poorer and rich people richer. It's destroying the size of the market that rich people's businesses address. 
It's just it's just mind-bogglingly short-sighted. We own this problem, and only people who have benefited in this way uh, are, are probably going to be able to fix it, in my opinion. Nick Hanauer is a venture capitalist and a Washington State-based entrepreneur. We'll be continuing our conversation about income inequality throughout the week. Tomorrow, we'll look at how the pitchforks are already coming out on film with Rafer Guzman, our Movie Day co-host. And we're asking you about income inequality. We're living in a new gilded age with a widening gap between the wealthiest and the rest of us all over the world. How do we fix this? Should we fix this? What steps, if any, should we take? Give us your view at 8778-MY-TAKE. Send us a tweet at The Takeaway if you want to catch up on that conversation or listen back to anything on the program, as always. You can check us out at thetakeaway.org. Thanks so much for listening. I'm John Hockenberry. This is The Takeaway. Support for The Takeaway comes from the Henry Luce Foundation. For increased understanding of East and Southeast Asia and the Rockefeller Foundation, whose transportation initiative is promoting equitable and sustainable developments in communities across the country. PRI Public Radio International.